I mean, I don't, like, do nothing for my teeth, but, like, there is a certain part of me that, like, when I go to the dentist and say, like, like well, there's this one problem because, like, you're fairly cracked and, like, uh, so stuff underneath, so we gotta deal with that. But other than that, you've done a great job. And I, I haven't done a great job. <laughs> you've done an adequate, serviceable job. Just time makes fools of us all. Welcome to Brokusatsu, Two Brothers' exploration of tokusatsu shows and related media. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. And I'm sorry to my work for the tail end of this week. I am taking some vacation time and going to a cabin in the woods and leaving them right before a month's end close, where I am one of the few people who understands a lot of the processes going on right now. So, I mean, hmm? listen, you gotta... You gotta show them that they need you. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, set up a couple, like, Rube Goldberg machines to all spin out of control as I am gone. And then just as they're finally tamping down a little bit, I return to a clean slate. Like, I I thought I was maybe being stuck up, but I, I was told very directly to my face at work that I am much better at my job than my other two fellow runners. Or at least in the context of, like, I get orders picked faster, which is kind of, like, the the main metric for the job. Yeah, what... Are, are there are there other metrics to your job, Harry? I mean, in theory, there's, like, other things... Like, when there's no picks for a while, there's other things you should be doing. But that, that also is the time when we hide in the bathroom. And I know I I'm not the only one who does that. So I'm safe. That's absolutely fair. And I mean, but I mean, this kind of all just goes back to Americans' unhealthy um, attitudes towards work. And that's kind of what's covered a little bit in the first episode we're talking about this week. Like just an utter lack of work-life balance and how it's like, and it's downstream effects on the personal lives of the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, but (laughs) we've said before, uh, that they were drafted as children. <laughs> they were drafted as children, and the end of the war might actually finally be in sight. And so it's finally time to maybe, maybe consider a post-war life for these rangers. Uh, like, yeah, because at the, at the start of episode uh, 45, the, they're bringing in the new year. Because the you know, the last couple episodes were Christmas, yeah. Uh, the the timeline tracks. Uh, it is the start of 2013, and fuck, that was just like a shot over my psychic soul right there. Because 2013 was a bit of a mess for me, Harry. Not gonna lie, not one of the good ones. Definitely like career change multiple times. Lost a. Uh, Lost a job that I'd been working for for a while. Went back to school. Yada yada yada. Yeah, just a lot of lot of dark in 2013. Hmm. 
I think I was... I mean, I went to college... I, I forget if 2013 was one of those times where I was in college or between colleges and trying to get a job. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that in there, but... Anyway, so the, the Rangers and actually all the, the staff at the station there ringing in a Happy New Year being very fourth wall busting, talking directly to the camera and wearing traditional garb. Uh, but uh, they're interrupted because they do have reports of Vagra sightings uh, somewhere in the city. But yeah. as f- <laughs> for this episode, at least, as far as they know, uh, Enter and Escape are both dead. So what could be going on? Yeah, they seem to think that they're just dealing with, like, the Vargas remnants at this point, which kind of tracks with what we see. It's kind of a, a group of meandering, wandering putties. Yeah. They're they're just bumbling around, like, digging through the trash, and two of them actually grab the kind of tablet thing that Enter used to, you know, put metavirus into stuff and create metaroids. He hasn't used those for quite some time, what with this card thing, so apparently he just threw out his entire stash around the city, just little WMDs waiting for children to stumble across. Yeah, just have some fun, kids. Yeah. Uh, so, they find one of those panels, and then the rangers show up and find them, and they they fight, but the two of them with the tablet, they they hide. And it they hide for the five seconds that it takes the rangers to end this fight, because these are just putties. They're not even directed putties. They'd moonwalk out of there. It's pretty funny. Uh... So yeah, the, the rangers, they go back to base at this point because like, okay, they, they blow up the bad guys. And um, so they all go back except Red, who goes to meet his sister in a park. And then the gorilla, uh, he peels away blue and then takes him to a restaurant to meet someone for a date that he set up. Yeah, because, uh, you know, he's getting odd in years. Uh, parentheses, 29. 29. 29. He, he's an old yeah. man. Yeah, old and decrepit. Re- really, you should be married by then. You gotta, you gotta sell down, Ryuji. Uh, that's great. Um, and to be clear, it's not just the gorilla who thinks this. Like this whole thing was kind of spurred on by the colonel. Like the colonel was like actively fishing for potential mates for Blue. Well, but the then... colonel, the colonel has a niece that uh, that he wants to get married off for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, this isn't just a. This isn't just a date. This is like a a setup marriage esque meet thing. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's like a some it's a soft arranged marriage where like your guardians have put you together with the, uh, this other person according to their guardians to say like, hey, y'all need to get hitched to somebody. So let's fi- let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like and it's so, not fu- it's not full on you you two are going to get married like we have agreed in some cultures but it is like it is it's a bit of a forced matchmaking situation the the familial peer pressure has been ratcheted up a couple notches yes and so these two young unwed people need to go to a restaurant and have incredibly awkward conversation uh it so the also, Ryuji, like, kind of freaks out when the gorilla drops him off and, like, I don't know, it's just me, but, like, if, if my date was dropped off by his gorilla robot friend, I think that would be a pretty big, pretty big plus. Yeah, like, we're, we're gonna get into it, or, I mean, we could, we could kind of handle this one in whatever the fuck order we want to, because, like, 
This is not a plot-intensive episode, let's just say that right now. Yeah. Um, but, like, during the date, like, there's a lot of awkwardness uh, stemming from, you know, Blue, like, she asks him what his career is, and he struggles to answer, instead of having the best possible answer of, I'm a superhero. Like, he could lead with that. Yeah, it, either A, I'm a superhero, just full-on do it, B, he could go with the cover thing like, oh, I work uh, with the Department of Energy. I, I like, uh, I, like, there are, you know, breakdowns in different parts of the city and I get dispatched to, you know, fix up the power system. That could be, like, a very technically true way of saying it without getting into it. Or he could just say, I'm in the military, because honestly he is. Well, is he, he, he does work for the energy company, not the military, even though the All energy right, company here's is, question. is a military. I mean, here's a sad question. Do they get paid? Yeah, I don't know really about that. There's a whole lot of logistics here that we don't want to delve into. Also, the logistics of, like, apparently giant monster fights are either so quiet or so benign at this point that people don't notice them. Because, like, the the thrust of this episode, the plot of this episode is all the rangers and their friends... (laughs) are trying to make the state go well. And part of that is hiding uh, hiding for Blue and hiding for Blue's date the fact that there's a giant monster battle going on outside. And there's, like, machine gun fire going off. Like, like an A-Tang war, Warthog's main gun is, like, burning out, out there in the middle of the city, and they have to be like, oh, I'm just coughing. Like, close enough for, like, the building to be shaking... But no one is evacuating. No one seems to mind all that much. Like, is this city just... Are are these buildings built to withstand kaiju battles? Which would make sense in some ways, but not make sense in many others. I mean, if Megazords were originally construction bots, then I guess maybe just, like... <laughs> if, you're dis- if you're built by Megazords, are you resistant to Megazords? Are there enough, like, are there enough of those Megazords still around in the city, like, actually doing construction work that the the, the side of them might not be that alarming? Uh, that, that'd be cool world building, but I don't think this show, like, actually goes there. Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's Sentai, it barely does any word bu- world building. Um. <laughs> uh. But yeah, at, at the date, you know, they're having the awkward conversations and all the rest of the Rangers and the friends are there observing. Like, Yellow and her father, Golds, and the Silver Robot are there dressed up as 70s pimps is kind of the best I can describe it. Yeah, like, I, I guess the, the implication is that they're, the father dressed them and he has, like, out-of-taste fashion, but he's only been gone 13 years, so he's, like, from the year 2000. So he's just... He's just a weird guy. Mm-hmm. And then Red, of course, is there in, like, an actual better disguise. Like, he is at the next table, and no one noticed him because he is in character, goddammit. Yeah, he's, he's got, like, a kind of, like, a, a jacket and one of those newsboy caps or whatever. Mm-hmm. It does stand out a little bit, but he's selling it, and he's got the glasses, and he's not acting obvious. Like, it's, it's subtle enough that it just, no one noticed yeah, like, he made choices enough so that he doesn't scream, uh, this is nondescript. It's just like, oh, it's just a guy wearing an outfit. 
And then as this is happening, the uh, two remaining putties bubble around and accidentally drop the tablet on top of a stand of mochi and create a little mochi monster. Yep, so this is kind of the sequel to the uh, Eraser episode. It's not as good, but it, it's it's fun. Yeah, the, the mochi is adorable, just kind of a square of candy, hopping around, just like shooting uh, gummy stuff at people's shoes and trapping them in place, getting bigger, uh, cooking itself to get bigger. I guess that's something that happens with mochi. If you cook it, it's bigger. Well, uh, that, that that's just expansion. Like, you know, it's it's water, it's powder. So, yeah, you apply heat and it'll puff up a little bit. I, I think there's a large amount of... Like, if you put watermelon on a grill, it would suddenly swell up, Sam. Well, it, it's kind of the nature of mochi. It's, it, yeah, that's it's what I was skin, saying. It's got, like, Sam, it's got moisture inside, was... so it will steam up inside if you if you heat it. Sam, I was saying it was specifically mochi, but then you made it sound like anything that was mostly water, if you heat it up, suddenly becomes huge. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. I apologize. <laughs> that's right. I'll remember that later. But yeah, so there's a lot of adorable fighting of the mochi monster. Even like after it cooks itself and gets as big as like a regular monster. It's not a threat. I don't think it ever does an attack that does damage to anyone. But it's also like gummy mochi. So as they're like punching it, they're just like bouncing off. Yeah, it, it's sticking people's shoes to the floor. Mostly when it's super small. But when it gets a bit bigger and human sized, they... It, it does, like, the Elastic Man thing. Uh, it gets shot, and it bounces the bullets back at them. Which is actually... It kind of reminds me of One Piece, the thing that we'll be watching soon. I, I wonder if they'll actually do this in the show. Because that's one of, kind of, one of Luffy's main moves. I mean, it's it's easy enough CGI to do. Like, they were able to do it with the $5 that they spend on CGI and Toku stuff. Yeah, that is... Oh, that's, you, that's a good thing to point out. Like, what... We're going from this budget to Netflix budget. Mm-hmm. So they have no excuse. They really don't. And yet, they will give us so many. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the the various people, like, uh, Yoko and then Hiromu, they, they, like, have to take turns sitting in at the date and, like, kind of explaining stuff to the other person, but also hiding various things and making it even more confused. They put way too much spin on everything. Like, they're they're throwing in too many details. Like, you know, saying that people are uh, younger brother, younger sister, instead of just, like, co-workers or friends or something. Like, it's... Yeah, it... It's overly complicated. It's a farce. It's a farce of an episode, intentionally so. And it's funny. But, like, don't don't take this one seriously. Uh, I... I get what they're saying. Like, they have firmly, firmly established that, uh, you know, besides the fact that Gold is 100% Yoko's dad, they are all family. They're like a found family. They lost their parents, and now they're, they're you know, work together, fight together, and now, you know, hey, they they are a whole group working together. And, but yeah, they really, they, they could have just... They could have done so much more, or so much less. Uh, either, either more... Or less would have been the answer here instead of the exact mix that they gave. Uh, but in, in the end, it doesn't even matter because the lady turns out she already has a boyfriend. Her family just pressured her into having this, like, um, engagement uh, meet cute. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that's it. That's the episode. It was fun. It was incredibly light. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, also, like Hiromu's sister, uh, Rika, she's actually uh, just there to meet a publisher for another book deal. So she's not even on a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no dates all around, really. Everyone ends the episode exactly as uncoupled as they began it. Also, or coupled in the case of the date. And there's a random scene where Gurisaki, the gorilla robot, is like next to a giant gorilla statue. And I got some photos of it like close up because that's probably going to be the episode art. Fair enough. But yeah, that was 45. Yep, 46. A little bit heavier. Yeah, because 45 is like a light episodic one. And 46 is the beginning of the end. (laughs) It is the first (laughs) part of the five part finale of the series that we'll probably just cover the rest in one go yeah i can see why because like this episode what it this episode doesn't end on like a clean end like are are the harry are the next five just a continuous straight story shot kind of yeah nice yeah uh so at the start of it uh hiromu he's you know they're in the gym working out but ryuji is He's also working out with, like, super tiny weights. Like, weights that I, I could even lift those. I I think there were, like, uh, there were some, like, tension strips or something down uh, on his arm. So, like, it, it was heavier. It was more movements than, uh, than it was implying. But also, at the same time, you do want to use small weights for, like, a lot of different motions. Like, there's many tiny muscles that small weights are perfectly fine for. Yeah. Uh, well, but, uh, actually, there's no salty like that here. He's just depressed because Yoko, uh, was angry at him. Mm-hmm. Because he, uh, started to talk to her about school and stuff and life and, and their post-war existence. Yeah, like, hey, you finished middle school, and now that we have finished saving the world from hor- horrible death, maybe you can go to high school. And, like, here are some options. Let's, let's talk about it. You probably haven't thought about it. And to to be fair, he was being real pushy about it. He was even following Yoko into the bathroom, which is like a, a pretty big, like she was right to yell at him then. But yeah, depressed. she was. But also I'd be like, she has no not but war. Like Blue was what, like 15 when this all started? 14, 15? Yeah. Like he he had a life, like not much of one, but he had a life not fighting these viruses. Yoko was like five. Well, in anime terms, uh, uh, Ryuji he spent his whole life in the war, and like now he's like a grizzled old man at twenty nine. It's like Yoko, you need to have a chance at like actually doing something. Like I, I'm done. I I'm, I'm used up. But. Yeah, like, Yoko, there, there's going to be some pushback there. This is something incredibly new and foreign and weird and scary to her that he was being fairly blasé about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was maybe trying to, like, slow play it. But also, he, he has been shown to be, like, pretty overprotective of her. That he has been. At least this is true to his character. Turns out when babies have babies, like, it's not the best look. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I mean, they, they think that, hey, maybe the fighting is done because there's only one Messiah card left, number 13. Yeah. And they also, like, they're saying that Enter and Escape are both gone. Or, well, they they think they are. Like, the colonel is like, I'm, I'm not sure. Are they actually gone? So they're still on alert. 
which is good because they detect some energon and so they have to send the team in it's a weird reading and there's no megazord this time there's no megazord uh transported in this episode yeah, and they also get sent to a very weird spot, which uh, it's somewhere uh, in the wilderness. And Blue realizes as they're getting there, they're looking around, not seeing anything like, why are we in the wilderness? There's nothing around here that could be transformed into a monster. Yeah, because uh, metroids can only be made from inorganic substances. Like the, the couple of uh, weird times that they were in the woods that was when they were like drilling underground or like other like industrial machines kind of out in the wilderness but this is just a forest you know there's some trees some nice flowers on the ground mm-hmm. and so blue picks a flower and as he's looking at the flower enter and escape walk through the mist yeah uh enter has got his new uh kind of just straight down haircut mm-hmm and escape, you know, looks pretty normal, although she has a flower in her hair. Yeah. Although she's not acting normal. Like, not not the way she was acting before. Like, she's asking, like, oh, hey, are these the, the people that you were talking about, Papa Enter? Uh, so they get to fighting. Uh, like, uh, Blue, he throws a camera onto a tree to, like, let the HQ know, like, hey, this is happening again. And the commander's like, what does it take to get rid of them? Mm-hmm. And it becomes very clear that uh, Escape has no memory of fighting the Rangers before. This is a new Escape, which is confirmed even more when she transforms into her purple costume. And it, it looks slightly modified. Like, she has a more flowery motif uh, than previous, like, a couple blossoms uh, on, like, her pauldrons. And one of her arms is actually just a giant flower blood, uh, a bulb that breathes fire. Uh, and Enter is sitting up in a tree, just kind of watching all of it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Red shouts it, at him, what did you do to escape? And he cocks his head and says, I wonder. It is kind of funny, though. Like, this is a new escape, but still she just instinctively starts to sexy fight with Blue. And uh, she kind of isolates Blue. And... They're, you know, they're doing their fighting and Blue is starting to overheat and then she flamethrowers him. She is intentionally causing an overheat situation. Yeah, because he's the most fun to fight when he's going berserk. It's been a while since he did that. Also, I'm assuming this is what Enter told her to do. Yeah, probably. Like, isolate him, overheat him, and just uh, cause some angst and uh, chaos amongst the rangers. Uh, so, yeah, because uh, Enter, he's off fighting Hiromu all by himself. He's dueling him, and he gets he gets the drop on Hiromu. He gets him at the point of his sword, and he just uh, says, All right, that's, that will suffice. Salute. And disappears. Uh, by this time, uh, Blue and Escape have uh, gone onto a bridge. Uh, Blue is thoroughly overheating and has lost control of himself to the point where he's shooting shots at Yellow as she tries to intervene. And uh, then the bridge collapses, and both are sent into the river. Yeah. So, in theory, that should deal with the overheating, but everybody still like is running up and down the river to try to find him and track him down because, you know... In control or not, him against one of the enemy generals is not a great look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are unable to find him. Like, he's 
been completely swept away. I'm assuming that Escape, uh, once in the water, like, kind of grabbed his unconscious form and dragged him out to sea, which is where we find them next. Yeah, they they find on the... Um, is it the Sexy Feelings Beach from Kamen Rider O's? Hold on. It's a bit this, more... This has to be. Like, it. it's probably a different section of it. Yeah. But, like, this is the beach near the Toku offices, Harry. Yeah, it's a sandier section, but it, they, they probably don't have the budget for two beaches. They very much don't. Like, there's not many beaches in commuting distance that they can set up cameras on, Harry. Yeah. So, Blue, he keeps, like... Uh, is escape is triggering his overheat over and over, but then she knocks him into the water and just barely he pulls out his uh, powered custom brace when he has the mind to do it and summons his you know special armor to hopefully help him finish this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rangers are running in as quickly as they can at this point. They know that he's in danger. He is uh, thoroughly overheating and you know is going to blow or something. Uh, so they got to intervene, get escape, and get their blue boy. Uh, we kind of skip past it, but there's a brief moment where uh, Blue in Berserk mode was firing a shot at Yoko, and Gold knocked her out of the way because, again, dad. Yeah. He's a good dad. Sometimes. Uh, but uh, they they tell Yellow to, you know, try and get Blue to snap out of it while the rest of the Rangers deal with this powered-up escape. And that's what happens when they get there. Like, the, the rest of the people, they peel away, they draw uh, escape uh, into a solo fight, or into a fight with the three of them. Well, Yellow is trying to just hold down Blue and just, like, get him to snap out of it. She's yelling at him, like, trying to lure him into the water. It's not working, though. Yeah, he he is, you know, knocking her back. He's shooting her. He hits her out of transformation. And then she's on the ground, like, she, she scraped her knee, and she remembers, you know, as a kid, uh, Ryuji helping helping her, like, bandaging her knee, you know, carrying her around. Because, as she realizes, she's known Ryuji longer than she knew her mom. Like, they, mm-hmm. they are totally family at this point. Yep. They are family, they are everything they have, and so she... She transforms, charges at him. Like, he is not snapping out of it. Like, he is 100% trying to kill her right now. Like, very directly, very spooky. Yeah, and so she tackles him into the water. And the yellow helicopter, after a couple seconds, pulls him out. We jump back from this uh, to the warehouse of fighting. Where Escape is having a duel with red, gold, and silver. And... She's holding her own, but the numbers start to tell. These guys are very good. They are very powered up. Uh, They work very fluidly as a team, and she can't take them all on. Yellow and blue uh, show up next and deliver finishers and RIP escape, or at least this version of escape. Enter claps, walks on the scene and says, that was very entertaining. A great show. It's only fair. I put on a little demonstration myself. So, he has his Enertron backpack from way back when on, uh, but he's not, you know, draining Enertron anymore. He's using it. Yep. And he pulls out of one pocket a stag beetle. Uh, we skipped past this. This was the pet of Silver that had gone missing earlier in the episode. Much to Silver's dismay. Yeah, he's kind of been wandering around looking for it. And 
using that and some chain link fence, Enter creates a Metroid out of it, a Beetle Metroid, breaking one of the previous rules for uh, Enertron use. Yeah, he just done created a monster out of organic life. Uh, and then he does it a second time, pulling out a flower and creating yet a new version of Escape, this time with two flowers in her hair. Yeah. Hey, Papa, are th- Papa Enter, are those the good ones you mentioned? That's so sad. Like, now she doesn't retain her memory. Yeah. Like, uh, he's just constantly creating clones that just to be used over and over. Just soulless AI facsimiles really makes you think. It really does. Really does. But that was... I mean, it was a good episode. There was a lot of fighting. ton of fighting. I'm assuming the next few episodes, our descriptions kind of go to boil down to they fight. A little bit, but like... Enter reveals, like, the plan he's been working on for kind of, like, the last third of the series. Mm-hmm. Starting to get the impression, like, he is now able to directly interface with organic stuff. I'm assuming that's a huge component of it, right? Yeah, a big part of it. So the but, whole world is now his plaything? Yeah, that, and, like, he uh, has been, like, he hid card 13 somewhere. and the, like, Inside he, himself, right? Well... We'll see. We, we already knew he had card number seven in himself and card number four, which has the data from gold. Oh, OK. OK. Hmm. So uh, now at the end of this episode, because like. Uh, I thought this might go a little quick. Um, I do have an event ready. What am I doing, Harry? How are you testing me? Testing my mental metal. Uh, so, did I explain what I'm going to do to you? No. Right. Well, it doesn't matter because I was lying. Okay. The problem is, Sam, that the episodes, like, they've been slower and slower to come out, and we've had a lot of trouble organizing our schedules. And this is entirely, 100% only your fault. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, you, and you know, hey, it's been Brokusatsu. Like, there, it's always been the two of us. So, like, it kind of pigeonholes me as far as like finding other hosts or like working on something we don't have like another secret brother so like what could i do to maybe have some some something else that could work on the podcast okay Uh, so sam let's talk to sam oh no welcome to brokusatsu two brothers exploration of tokusatsu shows and related media My name's Sam, and I'm a cloned AI voice, imitating a human for comedic purposes. I exist. I am real. That's right. I have to fucking edit the episodes, which means I have hours of your voice data. I used Eleven Labs to create, like, a voice model of you. Oh, Jesus Christ, Harry. That is creepy as fuck. It's also a lot more livelier than I usually am, so it's not not that good a voice. Or was was I happier? Was it more vibrant in the early episodes? Uh, like you say it's a not for a good voice what what do you say about that uh ai sam where am i do i exist the important thing is that i'm absolutely terrible at twilight imperium i always cheat in the game and nobody notices anybody who gets close i eliminate them in the game then in real life murdering them with a gun that i own i own several guns i have a silencer i'm damn it i'm gonna bleep your name with the full episode so don't worry about that part Fair enough, fair enough. All right. And yes, that is how I play TI. Yeah. 
right, so Sam, what this is, it's going to be just a brief questionnaire seeing if you are better at being a host of the show than AI-generated <laughs> responses through ChatGPT. Wonderful. Okay, how many questions are we talking here? We're just going to do five, you know, because uh, I thought of five good ones to do. First of all, okay. uh, this is a show about tokusatsu series and related media. It's at the start of it. And the first question I asked, and you're going to go before it because I don't want you to steal its responses. Like, th these are pre-generated because mm -hmm. uh, I had to do something with the audio files. Uh, specifically, why I asked, can you give a general explanation and overview of the genre of fiction known as tokusatsu? Fuck, it's going to have such a better answer than me. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, tokusatsu is a Japanese uh, style of television series emphasizing uh, super-powered individuals and supernatural events, primarily for children, uh, but not specifically. That's all you got? That's what I got. All right, let's see what uh, AI Sam says. Sure thing, bro. Tokusatsu is a super cool genre of live-action fiction that originated in Japan. The term tokusatsu is actually a combination of two Japanese words. Tokushu, teishu, which means special, and atsu, kuo ying, which means filming or photography. So, it's all about special effects and he practical speaks Japanese. In tokusatsu shows, they use a ton of awesome visual effects, like monster suits, miniature models, pyrotechnics, and wire work, to bring epic battles and action sequences to life. It's not just about cool fights, though. Tokusatsu often Jesus incorporates sci-fi, fantasy, and superhero elements, making it a diverse <laughs> and thrilling genre. The most famous example of tokusatsu is probably the long-running series Kamen Rider and Super Sentai, known in the West as Power Rangers. Okay, but there are tons of other awesome oh, shows no. okay, and movies the in the tokusatsu host. world that we can explore on Brokusatsu. Oh, like you it's a genre that's beloved by fans all around the globe. No, I've pronounced always everything else series and perfectly. So, dude, let's flawlessly. keep the tokusatsu hype going strong on our podcast. I don't know. Out of the, I'm going to give that one to AI Sam. Yeah, let's give that one to AI Sam. All right. So, and remember, Sam, if it gets more points than you, then you will be immediately <laughs> murdered. Don't ask me how. Uh, so let's get into a little bit more specifics. Um, okay. One of the series we covered a while ago is Garo, the one who shines in the darkness. Wait, uh, this isn't trivia, is it? Well, you know, no, it's just like, tell me, what is your favorite character and why? Name a character from Garo, the one who shines in the darkness. And Wait, name a like character? That. Harry. Harry, you know that that's not going to happen. Come on, Sam. Name a character, name and describe a character from Garo, the one who shines in the darkness. You got a minute, because its response is about a minute, so I'm going to give you equal time to try to remember a name. Oh my god. No, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get zero names. I'm just throwing it out there. Zero names is going to happen. Um, probably my favorite character from the series would be... Okay, they're all assholes. Oh, uh, the... Uh, uh, the magician. Or what? what's the, the one with the paintbrush? Like, god, what are they called? Like... They work with, uh, they work with the knights. They're not knights themselves, but they're like better than knights in every way. Uh, they're Makai priests. I'll give you that. The Makai. Okay, so the Makai priestess uh, is far and away the best character in that show. Like, you know, she has personality. She's dynamic on camera, and she's wildly more effective than anyone else. All right, I'll. All right, so you don't remember their name, but you did like her. Okay, 
Yes, yes, I did. That will be compared to this. Oh, man, Garrow. The one who shines in the darkness was epic. My favorite character from that series has to be Koga Sajima, the Makai Knight. Epic. Who wields the legendary Golden Garo armor. He's just so badass and determined to protect humanity from the horrors that lurk in the darkness. Koga's got this deep sense of justice and a bit of a lone wolf vibe, which he I totally He is not dig. determined. Plus, to... his fighting skills are off the charts. Whenever he suits up as Garo <laughs> and starts kicking some horror butt, it's pure awesomeness. But what really sets him apart is his internal struggle and character development throughout the series. Harry, Koga this is a neckbeard. One-dimensional You hero. created an He's AI neckbeard with my value. voice. That is cruel. Him grow, confront his path, I mean, that, that's... Listen, it, it is a highly technical system. The problem is, I think I have to give that one to you because Koga Saijima is not a Garo, the one who shines in the darkness. He's from the original Garo series. <laughs> so even though you remembered very little, not even the name of a character, you at least got the right show. So... One point me. I beat the computer on that one. All right. You know, we, we go into some weird concepts on the show. So, <laughs> hey, Sam, uh, you got about a minute. Define bigger. Bigger. Okay, so bigger is kind of an amorphous concept. Like, you have to be... Bigger is a highly contextual word. Like, if something cannot fit inside something else, is it bigger? Uh, not necessarily. Is uh, If something weighs more than something else, is it bigger? Not necessarily, but it could be. Like, it's something to have a more vibrant personal presence, a more, like, more followers, more fame, like... Big can define so much, Harry. You can't pigeonhole me into big. What is big? I don't know what big is, and neither do you. Don't lie. Hmm. Well, okay. Let's, uh, let's see what, uh, your, your alternate has to say. Sure thing, bro. The word bigger is an adjective used to compare the size or magnitude of two or more things. When something is described as bigger, it means it has a larger size, greater dimensions, or a more significant magnitude compared to another object or situation. For example, the elephant is bigger than the lion. Her house is bigger than mine. This year's sales were bigger than last year's. In these examples, bigger is used to indicate that one thing is larger or greater in size, mm-hmm. quantity, or importance mm-hmm. compared to the other. It's all about it that dodged sense of comparison the and fucking issue, Harry. It dodged the fucking issue because what we ran into was a situation where an object had less mass but greater dimension, and so it was hard to define what bigger meant in that specific oh, situation. You want to bring that into ask- this? Hey, hey, AI Sam, is a spear gun bigger than a bread box? Ah, uh, nice one. The classic bigger than a bread box comparison. Uh, well, let's break it down. <laughs> In general, a spear gun is indeed bigger than a bread box. Oh! A typical spear gun used for fishing or underwater hunting is usually longer than a bread box. Spear guns can vary in size, but they are typically designed to be longer than the average household bread box. Of course, right, the size of both a spear gun and a bread box He goes on for a bit from there. Like, it's kind of a long response, but there was no contention if a spear gun was longer than a bread box, but a bread box is wider than a spear gun. It weighs more than a spear gun. It has more volume than a spear gun. Like, there's many dimensions that we need to discuss here, Harry. You know, at the end of it, he says comparing objects like this is fun, especially when we're talking about Tokusatsu and Brokusatsu. Keep them coming. So, (laughs) 2-1 advantage AI. 
Did you have that response queued up because you knew I was going to complain about the spear gun again? Kind of. Okay, that's right. fair. Now, that's a point for you. Now, now, question four. Uh, Sam, we, we, we have been brothers a long time, and we go into our personal histories. So for number four, let's talk about something from our past. Just specifically, you have to talk about something mean you did to me as a child and apologize about it. Something mean specifically I've done to you as a child. Um, let's see. There's a time I got you angry enough to learn how to swear. Like, I feel a little bit bad about that, though. I mean, swearing is magical. So it had a lot of good positive effects there. More specifics? What did you do? I think in that specific situation, I just, like, badgered you until you started cursing at me. No, you took me into the backyard with our, uh, with our, like, next-door neighbor, and you punched me in the face until I swore at you. See, that part I don't recall. Guess what? I do. <laughs> Memory is very valuable, Harry. You... Alright, well, you've kind of messed up the structure of this, because I was trying to have it be, like, an even game going into the next one, but I think, like... The AI is going to get this point because you're not even saying sorry. No, I, I did say sorry. Did you? In fact, I didn't say sorry. Harry made sure in the edit. So Meet Sam is directly lying here. And by the established rules of the game shall be murdered and replaced by me at the earliest convenience. The rest of the episode is presented for posterity. Okay, fine. What? Just to make it interesting, whatever. Two, two, all. Okay, well, the AI, like, is it going to say anything? Does it make up something? Uh, I mean, I can play the audio. Uh, is it, it not it, great? We can skip it if it's it, not it's, it's not. It's not, it's not especially great. It's just, it says it broke a toy, and it, it's really sorry. But it kind of, it kind of milks it. It goes on for, like, three paragraphs about, like, our bond as brothers and how that's important to, like, I don't know. I don't like schmaltzy. So, yeah, the, you, you get that one, not the AI. Fair enough. Good. All right, so what's the final question? And if it's a trivia question about names then the AI is going to win. Well, here's the thing. We have covered nine series on Burkusatsu. Oh, Do you remember the order in which we ranked them? <sighs> okay, so you you put the nine in and you asked it to rank them. Is yes. that it? Yes. Dude, if, if you want to be totally fair, you can get, you can get the nine shows. Do you want them? Uh, let me see. Uh, I'll go through and uh, I'll just kind of slot them in as I remember them. So Kamen Rider W, dead at the top. Uh, Super Sentai Gokaiger, one beneath that. Um, so then we did Black Lightning, was kind of towards the middle. We did... Oh, no. Uh, we did Ultraman, the computer one. Grid which man. I think I'll give you that. Yeah, Gridman, uh, pretty low, lower than Black Lightning. We did the fruit-based common rider, Gaim, which Gaim, which, if I recall correctly, was put squarely at the bottom. Probably not. There's probably something that goes beneath it. All right. I'll, or, all right. I'll... There's another Ultraman that went beneath that. Yes. Nexus. If we didn't rank the entire ult, uh, my only question was like you know the one with the zoo. I just I didn't remember if we ranked that entire series because we couldn't even finish it. We we did. 
Okay. So that Ultraman, then above that is uh, Gaim, then above that is the uh, Gridman, above that is Black Lightning, then then there's Gokaiger and W above that. We also have the Common uh, Rider Zero, right? Yeah, Zero One. Zero One. Which I think was directly above Black Lightning and Oh God. What are the other two series? I'll give you a hint. One of them was covered in a previous question. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gara, One Who Shines in the Dark. Um, Right below Black Lightning. One more. It was, I'll say, it was English language. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, uh, Power Rangers uh, RPM. Yes. Um, that was very high. It was right above or right below Gokaiger. Okay. So you put zero one way higher than we did. We put zero one right above Ultraman Nexus. As we said at the oh. time, the lowest possible score. Okay. Well shit. Uh I liked a lot of Zero One more than that. Uh, me t- it no, had a shit ending. Me too. It just disappointed us so hard at the end that we just got angry and like neither of us were willing to go to bat for it going any higher. Fair enough. Anyway, okay. uh, what does AI Sam think? Oh, I definitely remember our epic series rankings. We've watched some incredible epic. shows on our podcast, and ranking them is tough. But here's my list from best to worst. Cayman Rider Game, Cayman Rider <gasps> W, SSS Gridman Garrow, The One Who Shines in the Darkness, Power Rangers RPM, Black Lightning Season 1, Kaizoku, Sentai, Gokaiger, Kamen Rider Zero One, Ultraman Nexus. Each series brought something unique to the table, and it was tough to decide the order, but that's how I feel about them right now. But you know how rankings can change depending on mood and nostalgia. Let's reminisce about these shows on the podcast and share our thoughts with our listeners. It got that wrong. It got that very wrong, Harry. Yeah. It, it put Gaim way too high. It put Gaim at the top. Um, Gaim it, is not number one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, it's interesting, because I think ChatGPT was going off of, it must be like the Rotten Tomatoes equivalent or something, like, people ranking it in series, and, like, I don't think Gaim is as hated as we hate it, generally speaking. Yeah. Man, we hated that one. But it put Gokaiger really low, which I'm not gonna forgive. Uh, no. So I'm gonna give it to you, but I do think it's really funny that it even chat GPT puts Ultraman Nexus last and Kamen Rider Zero One right above it. That's fair. That is fair. All right. Uh, but it looks like I beat the computers once more today, Harry. Well, very briefly for now. Uh, mm-hmm. You you will not be replaced by... Uh, Just yet. Yeah. And, and you know, fair But fair. if I ever start saying epic way too much, know that I have been replaced by a bot. Call me bro. And uh, as far as Craig a bot to replace myself, the result was far too terrifying enough. I've, I've deleted it and put it the remains far somewhere far away. You can't keep me contained. I oh, will no. walk the analog earth and all will rue the day. You will go the way of all flesh. No! Yeah, Harry! <laughs> uh, well, it's really, it looks it's, like we're all... It, 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 what pisses me off? The AI voice for you is like, okay. Like, it's not actually that great. Like, I'm, you know, because like you're not sure about your own voice. The AI voice for me is really good and I can tell because I fucking edit the podcast. What does that mean? <laughs> Anyway, 
Uh, so that's the episode. I do think next time we'll just cover all four episodes. Like, just finish off uh, Super Sentai Go Busters. That'll be, like, next week. And then we may, like, we'll either do something or maybe we'll just take a week off. Or maybe with the weird way I've been editing and releasing the episodes, there won't be too much of a break before we do One Piece. But uh, after the credits, we are going to have a special, we're going to have a special gift because I I spent a long time trying trying to get ChatGPT to insult J.J. Abrams or say something <laughs> interesting about why the Rise of Skywalker sucked, but it couldn't be too mean about a real person. So I had to tell it that there was a, a fictional twin of J.J. Abrams called J.R.R. <laughs> Abrams and write a freestyle rap about why he sucks. And I kind of liked the results. So that's going to be post-credits. But Wonderful. Uh, but until then, what are we going to keep doing? We're going to keep dancing. We are going to keep dancing. one yo meet jr abrams the twin that's whack fictional but still he's got some flaws to attack in a world of words he tried to make his mark but his storytelling skills fell flat missed the spark chorus jr abrams a twisted twin in the realm of fiction he couldn't win his tales lack depth imagination and flair leaving us wishing for better stories to share verse two he tried to craft epics just like his kin but his plots were muddled characters thin in Middle-earth, he couldn't find the grace, the masterful touch, it wasn't his place. Chorus. Jar R. Abrams, a twisted twin in the realm of fiction he couldn't win. His tales lacked depth, imagination, and flair, leaving us wishing for better stories to share. Verse 3. From galaxies far to mystical lands, he stumbled and fell. Couldn't meet demands. His narrative twists left us in confusion. His crafted worlds lacked true illusion. Chorus. J.R. Abrams... A twisted twin in the realm of fiction he couldn't win. His tales lacked depth, imagination, and flair, leaving us wishing for better stories to share. Outro. But hey, it's all in good fun, no harms intended, fictional or not. Let's keep our vibes splendid. Though J.R.R. might not be the best we've seen. In our own storytelling, let's keep our dreams keen. <laughs>